0: Hey Paul, how's it going? That's my favourite
1: intro of the season, Ed. Uh, it's going alright. I mean, it's uh, 10.35 on Tuesday night as we record this, uh, meaning that Manchester United finished
0: losing to West Ham United 10 minutes ago. And uh, I'm not over it yet. Mm. Well, th- that 10 minutes have been the best 10 minutes of my night, to be honest no longer have to watch that trash. I quite like the bit where we scored two goals in 10 minutes. That was good. That was good. Yeah, there was some... We can talk about those. There were some good moments. There was the bit where Anthony Martial danced around West Ham, the entire team, and then tried to cross it and shanked it into the net. That was very good. <laughs> he scored. He meant it. He gave the keeper the eyes, saw the keeper off his line. Dink. Totes. I, I like the, uh, the bit where Rooney tackled about four players, although I swear, I swear when he tackled one of them, he was trying to control the ball. <laughs>
1: Listen, he's. Uh, do you think, do you think Wayne Rooney likes long diagonals? Oh my god. I mean, there were a couple of good uns tonight. There, was always, there were always a couple of good uns. He's got a couple of good uns in his locker.
0: What, what's that saying about if you have enough monkeys with enough typewriters, they'll eventually come up with Shakespeare? Enough Hollywood balls, one of them's going to find its target.
1: Although, to be fair, that's a kind of meditation on the nature of infinity rather than a large number theory. So,
0: like... Well, well, well. It was approaching infinity. <laughs> He's definitely played infinite diags in his career. Well, uh, I tell you what, who should be finite. Louis van Gaal and his time at Manchester United.
1: <laughs> this week, I, uh... I wrote a thing that you described as pure fantasy where I kind of concocted a few like desperately scrambled for positives out of this season and hypothesized that with a couple of key additions, maybe Van Gaal wouldn't need to be so obsessively defensively minded in his midfield setup. And indeed, he uh, went with the West Ham game. He went with a very, very attacking lineup. Schneidel and Herrera Rooney in midfield. Uh, that's what we would all wanted, right? I was excited to see it. Unfortunately, turns out, turns out that if you s- sort of systematically destroy players' confidence by constantly dropping them, then reintroducing them
0: into the team throughout the course of the season, that has a negative effect on their performance levels. who do you think it? Who does Your piece, by the way, was a, a great piece of British fiction. Listen. Book, book a
1: prize Listen, winning. right, there was some sound theoretical basis for some of that. Yes, yeah,
0: all sound in theory. In practice, uh, this is what you get from United. So you, there are two United's One is um, the United that can't attack uh, and doesn't create any chances and can't score goals. And the other one is the utter shambles at the back if you try and open the midfield up. Uh, we got both against West Ham. <laughs> I mean... <laughs> Yeah, that's uh, exactly what we got. No, I mean, to be fair, look, there, there were about 20 minutes, maybe 15, in the second half where United actually did turn up um, and uh, played some nice football, scored two goals, didn't actually create any other chances, but uh, opened West Ham up a bit and looked like it would be a real game, didn't it? You know, took the leads totally against the run of play, um, but that is that is Van Gaal's way, I guess. Um, and it would have been a perfect game for Van Gaal if United had shut it out from there, but they didn't. Um, and, and you know, set pieces and balls into the box where United's undoing again. It's funny, you just said that uh, scoring against the run of play is the way
1: of things under Van Gaal. But that's... I kind of... I know what you mean, but it's not strictly... It's not, like, true in the traditional sense where you score after being under a load of pressure. It's just that the run of play it's quite often United having the ball without looking at all threatening. So when they, they look threatening, suddenly that seems to be against the run of play.
0: Yeah, fair enough. And, and United did have more possession. But, but you couldn't say they were the more threatening side. And West Ham had 10 shots at goal in the first half.
1: Absolutely not. And, and in this game, it was against the run of play, especially the first goal, in a much more traditional sense. Especially, I mean, when, it, when we got to half-time and it was only 1-0 that was when i thought this is here for the taking we've been we've been gifted a massive yet another opportunity presented In the lap of Manchester United this season, long after opportunity should long have left its shores.
0: Right. City absolutely desperate to finish fifth this season. I don't know why. Desperate. The players have given up. Pellegrini's given up. I mean, he looks like a man beaten, doesn't he? The club sacked their manager in the middle of the season and let him sit on the bench for the rest of the season. Uh, They are desperate to let United finish fourth. Um, you know what's going to happen? City and United are both going to lose on the final day. West Ham are going to win 15-0 and end up in the Champions League. <laughs> um, the,
1: the That's the kind of macro gift that United's season has been given, is the incredible benevolence of Manchester City. Although people do say their owners are interested in doing a lot for the community. Well, uh, clearly it's not just the blue bit of Manchester they're interested in looking after. But West Ham offered United an absolute gift horse. Andy Carroll, it was one of those things where you watch, you're watch, you watching the game on TV and you can't possibly understand what happened because suddenly the camera cuts and Andy Carroll's just threw on goal and there's no defenders
0: anywhere near him. I know, but he, he's so slow that he was running backwards. <laughs> Daley Blint was
1: marking Andy Carroll in the Olympic Stadium. That's how far away he was from him.
0: Uh, Incredible. I mean, three chances one-on-one that West Ham had, two headers and that Andy Carroll opportunity. Uh, I mean, you know, if they'd not won that game, West Ham would have only had themselves to blame. Created enough chances and were pretty profligate with it. But, you know, in the end, they they took the three, but, uh, yeah, just carved United open. Um, I mean, it's really odd, isn't it? You know, we've talked a lot about youth on this, over the season Um, I'm not sure we settled on a narrative I think my narrative is that Yusuf was given a chance by luck not by strategy and and in a way today kind of proved that out so Valencia and Rojo fullback I'm not sure what either has done to justify being selected ahead of Cameron Borswick-Jackson and Tim fossey Mensa. And that's not just some kind of rose-tinted thing about young players. They're just better players.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think you could make an argument that actually Valencia's been in pretty good form since he came back from injury. I, I, you know, i I long since given up on Valencia as a concept. But I think if you kind of dispassionately analyse his last few games, he's not been bad. But Barrojo, it's just a total joke. That he's playing instead of Borthwick Jackson, and we will come on to the Norwich game. And I did think Borthwick Jackson looked a bit rusty and made it made a few, a few errors. But Rocco makes tons of errors every game, and Borthwick Jackson can cross the ball. Rocco is an error.
0: <laughs> well, it's an error buying him, an error playing him, an error keeping him in the squad, and an error not selling him.
1: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. He's a he's a comedy of errors, uh, and he's a definitely a kitchen error where the toast situation comes into it. Anyway, you're absolutely right. It's an indictment on this this idea that Van Gaal has somehow been fantastic for the squad's young players, that as soon as the, the squad's up and running and fully fit, the only one who's broken through and stayed there is Rashford. And that's because even Van Gaal saw what it was like with Rooney up front.
0: Yeah. I mean, amazing. He, he described Rooney as a left number 10 the other day after the Norwich game, I I had no idea what he meant by that, but uh, anyway, yeah, he's.
1: I think I, I think I do know what he means. I think it's his. It's in this four-one-four-one system that he's playing. He's got a left and a right number ten, hasn't he? And it's been Rooney and Mata or Rooney, well Rooney and Herrera or. or... Rooney and Mata in against Crystal Palace, Rooney, against, uh, Rooney and Fellaini a lot of time.
0: Talking of Fellaini, uh, Herrera did his best to make sure Fellaini's in the cup final side, didn't he? A terrible performance from Herrera. I mean, woeful. Just woeful, just woeful. I mean, you know, we're, we're accused of hashtag agenda about several players or people or coaches or managers or executives of the club, but uh, Herrera's one of the players I think uh, we both like, but... Just dreadful. Probably his worst performance in the United shirt show, showed how rusty he was. Schneidlin was off the pace very, very quickly. Um, and it says something, doesn't it? That Michael Carrick came on in the second half. He's probably still United's best midfielder and he's 35. It's unbelievable, isn't it? And and the Herrera thing, the the really
1: bad thing about it is I'm not sure that was even his worst performance of the season. I think he's done that a few times this season. And And, and my kind of theoretical template is that this is about what van Gaal has done to him. But there is a counter argument, which says maybe last season, he flattered to deceive a little bit. Um, But we'll see in time, uh, whether which one of those turns out to be the case.
0: Well, yeah. I mean, look, um, who no- we, we don't yet know uh, who will be the manager next season. Plenty of stories floating around today after Bayern Munich uh, bought Renato Sanchez, a player that United have been trailing for months and months and months, uh, that actually what has happened is uh, Van Hal nixed that deal and uh, he's staying on, so... hmm. Um, awesome! It feels good that one, doesn't it? But well, I mean, um,
1: isn't doesn't isn't just what happened there? Bayern wanted him, and he, they're a much bigger drill than us at the moment,
0: uh, and and can actually action something other than uh, Ed Woodward having to get uh, the uh, the transfer committee sponsored before United actually make a bid. Yeah, I mean, but the point I was, I was I was about to make really is that you know so many players off their game this season, but United are not going to make eight or nine changes this summer whoever the coach is. Uh, and um, so then we're relying on players suddenly coming into form or a new manager getting that extra 5 or 10% out of them, which they could, right? You know, look at what Ranieri did, did at Leicester. Or if Van Hal is staying, which unfortunately some people believe is, is true, um, Van Hal getting extra out of these players, which just seems like a, a, a miracle of biblical proportions uh, that we're looking for.
1: Yeah, I, I mean... The one thing, the one beautiful silver lining to the horrendous cloud that was United's performance at Upton Park on Tuesday night is surely the theoretical premise for Van Gaal staying is based on if we get fourth and win the FA Cup. I mean, surely if we don't get fourth, that makes it entirely redundant because anyone can fluke their way to a cup.
0: Yeah, but but the, the only, I mean I understand the the kind of concept for that that argument that you know if United finish fourth and win the FA Cup it's it's a it's a modicum of success this season you know or maybe even total success in in the Glazers' eyes because of the revenue from the Champions League commitments to sponsors and some silverware and stuff like that but really you know if we're talking a point here or there. Um, between Van Hal getting fourth and a goal here or there between winning the FA Cup or not, right? You know, a bit of luck here and there. Uh, does that make him the right manager for United? Either way, you know? If, if United beat Bournemouth by a country mile, qualify the Champions League and then smash Palace 5-0 in the cup final, I'd still sack him in a heartbeat.
1: Well, yes, and so would I, but neither of us are investing our professional reputations in having hired him, are we? It's of course fine margins and it is ridiculous to be as results oriented as it would be to keep him. But all I'm saying is there's just no, there's no ammunition for the argument to keep him if we don't get Champions League football next season. On top of the fact that there's there's no ammunition for a reasonable argument to keep him, even if we do. Because the football has
0: been so bad, so bad. Yeah, but you know... Woodward has gone long on a stock that's gone through the floor, right? You sell, you just get rid of. And, uh, you know, you you do not, there's nothing to gain anymore by keeping him on any longer. Other than, I mean, you know, like we talked about your piece earlier, the worst case scenario piece being exactly what we've got now. Plus, he's a lame dunk manager. Yeah. No, absolutely. Wow, it's the perfect storm of finishing eighth last season, next season. I mean, in fact, you know, but for the the weird season we've had, United could well have been in that position anyway. And we're 63 points now. Um, 64 was what Moyes got uh, finished uh, the season with um, uh, when he finished seventh or, you know four games short, obviously with him. Um, So, and, and I know seasons aren't, you know, directly comparable or something, but it'll give you some kind of sense of uh, just how poor United have been this season.
1: Yeah. And the, the thing is that I think it's very easy to get blinded by narrative, right? It's very easy to see things except exclusively in black and white terms. And that's very rarely where you find truth because truth lies in nuance. And, to say that this season has been devoid of any positives and that Van Gaal hasn't shown any of the things about him as a manager that are good is overly reductive. It's just that on balance, he hasn't come close to showing enough of those things to justify keeping him on for his third and final season. It would be absolutely ridiculous. And, and and it's so telling that so many United fans have so little faith in the club's structure that we're all kind of assuming it's going to happen. Because, of course, the club are going to let us all down and make this terrible decision.
0: Yeah, awesome. Feeling good? So there was a game that United actually uh, won this week. (laughs) This is not going to cheer anyone (laughs) up. That first half. Wow. Two two
1: back-to-back first-half contenders for worst half of football that Manchester United have had in 20 years.
0: At Norwich. In a week. At Norwich. My God, that
1: was bad. Fantastic, particularly in the second half. That was Van Gaal's assessment of that absolute horror show of a football match. In his defence, losing Martial in the warm-up was pretty unfortunate. Um, Skulls absolutely hammered him for leaving Rashford at home, which I thought was a little harsh.
0: A little unfair. I mean, he's played, what, 14, 15 games in a row?
1: Yeah, and he's so young, and you hear the analysis, oh, he's he's young, therefore he can keep playing, but his limbs are still growing. He needs to be carefully looked after, you know.
0: Yeah, and you know what? Herrera against Norwich was actually pretty good. As bad as he was against West Ham, I thought he had a decent game uh, against Norwich, and as did Mata, um, you know, combining on the right-hand side in the second half.
1: Yeah, well, that's the thing, isn't it? They were both dismal in the first half, as was everybody else. Um, I can't. I can barely remember. It's like
0: a kind of blur of terribly dull football. Mm. Well, United were reasonably secure at the back, and your man <laughs> Blint wasn't in there. Unbelievable. We hardly talked about Blint's
1: performance against West Ham. Suffice to say, I just have to resign my position on this podcast based on this. I've, I've banked too many chips on this. You're gonna have to get another co-host this next season. Someone who doesn't rate daily Blint. Uh,
0: I, I wonder whether Louis Van Haar would like to be on the pod with me. I'd quite enjoy that. I was going to make a joke there that I've decided against making. Uh, Yeah, very good. (laughs) Awesome. I I mean, you know, it it sounds like we're lost for words on this. And uh, I think we are in a way because of just how bad United were against Norwich. I mean, sneak sneak the win, late second half goal from Mata. um, Didn't look like it was coming for a very long time, did it? Uh, one of those really poor performances away from home that we've seen so often this season against the Norwich side that were really limp. I mean, this was a team that we were told by Van Hal in the in the build-up were fighting for their lives and it would be a really hard game because of it. This Norwich side had given up. Yeah, it was... You know, 30, 30 32% possession or something, you know, nothing. And they just, they really didn't try.
1: Yeah, it was uh, strange. You kind of know a team's given up when they pick Cameron Jerome in a must-win game. Um, but the 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 pattern of play in the game was like you say. United were completely dominant, but they created very little of substance. And and one of the reasons was, of course, we got ample demonstration that Wayne Rooney should be nowhere near that centre forward position. He really really struggled. He's been decent in attacking midfield since he came back. H- hopeless up front. It, even matters goal. Rooney got extremely fortunate that Bassong made the mistake to allow him to slip the pass through because it looked like he'd really run into trouble there. And, you know, he also demonstrated good speed of thought and
0: good execution on the pass to Mata. Oh, well, I mean, you know, I'm going to be uh, accused of having an agenda here. Rooney ran out of steam, checked back, and was fortunate Mata was there.
1: Oh, I I totally agree. But he was also, he found him well, you know, whatever. It's faint praise. Uh, Mata did fine with the finish I mean I saw people say oh you see that's that's why you play matter on the right but I, I think that's still a very poor argument Lingard playing at 10 in that game you described him as championship level at number 10 the the ironic thing is actually a lot of Norwich's attacking threat such as it is is comes down that flank I was talking to Joe from UMaxit about it before the game who follows Norwich and Uh, robbie brady up forward he's like he is a kind of legitimate threat from crosses and gets a lot of support from his left back so there was going to be space behind and they were actually going to have to do some defending so playing matter there instead of lingo was truly
0: bizarre as it has been several times this season and then on the other wing what can you say about memphis to pay i mean you know i think it's fair to say that we both like to see him succeed right he's he's a I mean, obviously, but he's a man with blessed with a loss of natural talent who is now, you know, turning a lot of the United support against him. Um, and and this was just a horrendous performance, completely ineffective, uh, looked like, uh, not only ineffective, looked like a player who isn't prepared to just put a shift in, you know, sorry for the cliche, uh, in lieu of quality on the ball. Kind of worrying about him because, I, I, you know, I wrote a piece afterwards, I, I asked the the Twitterati out there, what should I write about? You know, what if Van Hal stays and versus in defence of Memphis? So I was kind of obliged to write a fifteen hundred words defending Memphis to pie, um, which, if you analyse my piece, was twelve hundred words of uh, analysing how bad he is, and then three hundred of blaming Van Hal for his problems.
1: <laughs> and I, I think there's plenty of merit in that. We we do owe him a slight apology for our discussion of his Instagram. Uh, activities last week, turns out never followed any United players in the first place and only deleted all his pictures in order to put this awesome looking montage of him in a United shirt. That was uh, very good, but the football on the other hand was really, really awful. I mean, I'm not, I'm not convinced he wasn't putting a shift in. I'm not convinced he wasn't doing his best to try. And I, and I think, I think of everyone in the squad, He's the one that you point a finger at Van Gaal and say, you, you did this to him. You know, you're the one that's absolutely broken this kid who was
0: a such a confidence player. And
1: Van Gaal's just wrecked him.
0: Yeah. Um, and, uh, I, you know, I know it's an easy out. Uh, for a player who's not performed, but it, it feels like it's exactly what's happened to him. I mean, he played on the left side of a 4-3-3, typical Dutch 4-3-3 at PSV Eindhoven, scored 27 goals in the season before he came to United. Dutch league given. Um, but his best games have come in Europe where it's a little more open and um, and there's a little, more, little less structure to United's play in some of those games as well, against Bruges and Midland when he actually scored goals. Um, but for the most part, he's he's playing in a position that's alien to him. Uh, clearly, you know, with a coach he doesn't get because he's, he's not turned into the player that Van Hal wants. It's, it's really sad. I mean, um, and if the stories are true that United are, are prepared to get rid, then, then we'll lose a player probably for half the price that we bought him or something like that uh, in a summer when people will spend way more than that on way less talent. Yeah, and... and-
1: I'm not. I'm not sure it necessarily goes in the direction that Memphis becomes a World B or whatever happens next, because you know it's the obvious comparison. But Nanny had abundantly masses and masses of talent, didn't he? Um, and he never became that player. So, I, and I think it is a legitimate comparison at that at this point. So,
0: yeah. Well, it is. I mean, dispossessed five times against Norwich. Right. That's the thing that really frustrates and. You know, it's, it's the thing that frustrates Van Hal as well because I'm quite sure that Memphis, if he'd played a safe ball in those times when he's trying to run at a player, would be uh, much more popular with his manager.
1: Yeah, and I, I think this is one of those where there's a bit of grey area because I think sometimes Van Gaal's right about that. You know, sometimes Memphis just runs foolishly into blind alleys because he's really trying too hard and and he would be better served rotating the ball around and starting the attack again. But just not every time.
0: Yeah, very true. Um, so that was it. Two games. Uh, one victory, one defeat. Um, neither felt very good. Uh, uh, I, you know, I don't know how to summarise them. You know, United generally very poor uh, in both games. The the real saviour is Anthony Martial, right? I mean, you know, magic. He's absolutely less enjoying where I've got him before Real Madrid decided they want him.
1: Yeah, I mean... He's my player of the season by miles. We'll talk about that. And, you know, De Gea won the fans' player of the season and it's hard to argue against. But Norwich was a brilliant example of why. He wasn't there and there was just no point watching United. He's there and there's point, a point watching us again. He's, he's just wonderful. And uh, I really hope we get to build a proper team around him before he does go.
0: Yep, yeah, and uh, the other player of the season... Uh, David De Gea made a bit of a gaffe against West Ham, didn't he? he? got his hand to the ball for the winner, but couldn't keep it out. I mean, um, I feel loath to even mention that, because where would United be without him this season? But his first mistake for a very long time. Yeah.
1: And I think, you know, you said, how do we summarise it? And I think that, that United chucked it, right? That's the summary. We... Had an opportunity and weren't able to seize upon the opportunity. And the fact that we left such fine margins that we had to go to West Ham on their last ever game at the
0: bowling ground, son. Stand up for the bowling ground, they were singing. Oh my God. It, that has got to be one of the most cringeworthy hands in front of face hiding behind sofas songs I've ever heard. Ever. And what what was it? I mean, it was like the coverage was Diana-esque. You know, this is 1997 funeral. The nation is mourning for a football ground, which is a dump, by the way. And Sky is still covering it now at half past 11 at night. Probably. Don't really know. The fact that we had to win
1: that game, we, we, we should not have been in the position where we had to win that game. Uh, the Norwich game we won... Uh, meaning that we successfully beaten the bottom two teams away from home by one goal to nil. Uh, the five teams above them we failed to beat on the road this season. So, uh, the out of the bottom seven, we won two games away from home, and that was uh, one nil against the bottom two teams. It's a, a staggering indictment of Van Gaal, and you know what?
0: He said our expectations are too high. Well, they are. I expect United to sack him publicly. Um, and yes, they're too high. Yeah,
1: absolutely. Um, should we take some Twitter questions to break up the monotony of our frustration at Manchester United? Let's go for it. Um, at Ryan Dino 7 says, Are fans' expectations of the rankcast cast too high? Oh, no, because <laughs> fans' expectations have got to be low by now. I would hope so. I sometimes may be a little high when it comes to the release date, but occasionally might be, yeah, there might be a bit of too big an expectation there. How probable is it, asks uh, underscore Taylor Ben, talking things that might cheer us up, that Dave is as good as gone? No, I don't think so. He
0: just signed a new contract, didn't yeah. he? Yeah, uh,
1: I, I, I'm not sure. I also don't think it's a, it's not the end of the world, is it? You'd get another very good keeper and he wouldn't be as good. Uh,
0: let's just analyse who we've bought recently in keeper terms. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, would you like to see Romero in goal for a season? No, I would not. But but
1: if David had gone, we'd have had Kilo Navas, who's been one of the best players in La Liga this season. So
0: True, but I don't trust a goalkeeper who wears trousers. Oh, that's Sorry. Just, just don't be. To the in whole it.
1: of Hungarian football, that is. At Sporting Glasses, this is slightly more cheery. Says, for both of us, got to pick a manager, and he wants three signings. But I'm not doing three; we'll do two each. Um, ideal uh, scenarios for next season: Who do we want in, and who do we want the
0: two signings? Sorry, the question is a manager and two signings. Two signings. Yeah. Uh, so uh, Sir Alex Ferguson and Roy Keane and Paul Scholes, please. Thanks. I will take
1: Sir Alex Ferguson, Roy Keane and Eric Cantona. I'm dis- disgusted that you picked Paul Scholes over Eric Cantona. Oh, right?
0: uh, well, maybe, maybe, maybe Scholes and Cantona. <laughs> I'm
1: not leaving out Keane. But oh, we could go up to three signings and then we get all three of them.
0: No, but in all seriousness... Well, it has to be a centre-back and a striker. Uh, and that's going to leave huge weaknesses in the rest of the squad. And anyone who'll play some attacking football at this stage.
1: I don't think we desperately need a striker. I think we desperately need a right-sided attacker. I think I'd I'd take a really good ride. Right. Take Griezmann. That's who I would take number one because he's a bit flexible.
0: He would be very, 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 very good. I mean, he does play up front or on the wing? Yeah, good, good call. Um, and as for manager.
1: I seem to have fallen into a sort of Jose Mourinho-Stockholm syndrome that I never really expected to happen. But at this point, I kind of hope it's Mourinho, which I feel like that is a sentence I'm going to live to regret. Of course, talking of our new manager, Fergie had lunch with Mauricio Pochettino, presumably only to wind up Jorge Mendes. This only happened because Sanchez went to Bayern. So Fergie was like, right, I'm striking back. I'm going to hit him where it hurts.
0: Well, you know, you joke, but it's probably true. (laughs) Uh, Unbelievable. Unless uh, that bet I've got on on Pochettino to United that I put on a few months ago at 8-1 is uh, actually coming in. Thank you very much. That'd be very nice.
1: At Special K underscore 2311 says, Does Phil Jones still exist? He does, and we know this because he was in the Manchester United hostage video um, where all the players got scared on a bus,
0: except for Cameron Bothwick Jackson. Now, can we just talk about how cool the lad is? It, not bothered. Whatevs. Not bothered. Ice in the veins. Ice in the veins. How did he ne- get picked over Rojo after that display? Can only. The, the thing I most regret about that video is not one single United player mooned. Not one. <laughs> Have some <laughs> self-respect, <laughs> oh. people. Dropping f
1: bombs all over the shop here. That's what Van Hole did. You <laughs> at Duncan's says I've been singing Marcus Rocco burns his toast, burns his toast, burns his toast to myself ever since the last pod. Thanks a lot. Sorry about that, Duncan. Just
0: trying to the Stretford then. it'll catch on.
1: <laughs> That'd be great. Uh, at Quachet says, if Giggs becomes manager, will Skulls be as vocal if things aren't going as well? <laughs>
0: well, what do you think?
1: I I, I presume that at, all joking aside, what would actually happen is Skulls would be in the United setup and not be a pundit anymore if that happened.
0: You know what? I mean, you know, there's no if it, it, Gigs isn't taking over, right? Because they they have the opportunity to do that and they've not made that decision clearly um given all the fumbling around on this one but uh if they did do that and gigs has zero experience and nothing on his cv to to say that he's going to be a successful united manager but he brought along with him obviously nicky butts at the club already and skulls and phil neville to put the cones out and gary neville as assistant manager i think fans would take that right now (laughs) don't you yeah i mean
1: yeah i would because I'm. Not very clever when it comes to heart overhead stuff.
0: And clearly, and Bex to lead the team out. Oh, Just look, look pretty.
1: Yeah. At Ben Gloria says, now that we're still, this was before the West Ham game, now that we're still on to finish fourth, do you know where my wallet is? I don't, Benno, sorry.
0: But, but the thing is, you know, there are only two points behind Manchester City and City are going to Swansea. Uh, Isn't
1: that annoying? Isn't that really annoying? Like a bit of grit in the shoe that it's not quite over yet.
0: I know. Uh... How about this? City draw and United win? (laughs) (laughs) Do we win 15-0 or not? Yeah, yeah, I'm going to have to, yeah. Uh, 16-0, (laughs) actually. No, no, 18-0. Yeah, I mean, that's going to happen, isn't it? Or, or in fact, what will really happen is that uh, City lose. United will be winning 1-0 with a minute to play Van Gaal's sub both the fallbacks, and one of them will put through his own net <laughs> to knock us out. I look forward to it.
1: We'll we'll come back to moments of the season, but at cap, at sea, armband says in a rather mediocre season, what moment made you happiest? I mean that there's two, and they're both Anthony Martial. And one was the goal against Liverpool, which I thought would be untoppable, but the uh, goal in the semi final was just absolutely. Um, but that's as that's as good as football's ever made me feel, I have to say. Really?
0: Um Uh yeah. Uh, I mean Martial's goal when he when he danced round uh uh, Liverpool's defense was just, you know, awesome. Just a just a brilliant moment for the kid and for the club. And and can you know, given who the questioner was, can we just mention that it was Martial's goal Against... when he danced round the whole Liverpool defense? Liverpool defense. The Liverpool, Liverpool. defense. And yeah. then
1: what was the score in that game again?
0: Yep, yep, that was the one that United won. Yeah, one. one of two that we won actually. I think.
1: Let's see. Both both of the games in the league. Anyway. Yeah, I've finished ahead, about ahead of them considerably also. A, a solid uh, five
0: points ahead at this moment.
1: <laughs> but that means we're definitely going to finish ahead of them, which at one point looked a bit ropey. This is the flip side of that question. At 5050 says, uh, who we used to hear from a lot. i am not heard from Adam for a long time. Hope you're well, Adam. He says, a lot of lost points, tough losses this year. Uh, tough losses to take this year. Which has been the hardest to stomach? Uh, that West Ham game was up there. Uh,
0: no, not Norwich at home for me. I, I mean, that was peak Van Hull. That was um, one of the nil
1: nils, probably as well.
0: Maybe Palace.
1: No, that wasn't. That wasn't as bad. If we hadn't beaten Sheffield United, that would have been the one. But of course, we did actually win that game, so can't count. PSV was brutal as well. The PSV nil nil at home. That was just. So miserable because
0: it was not just the result but the performance where it almost looked like they didn't know what the score was, yeah,
1: absolutely. And 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 what relied on it. And of course, you know, talking about European competition, uh, the 2 0 at Anfield was just brutal,
0: yeah, uh, that doesn't even count. I mean, it was brutal in terms of how embarrassing that was, and especially because it was against Liverpool. But the Europa the League, Europa League. Yeah. yeah,
1: uh, yeah, but the West Ham game was up there because of what was at stake and and how catastrophically bad United were in that first half the the total meltdown, the collective meltdown that was experienced, the fact that Herrera completely shed any sense of positional discipline and Daily Blint became the parody of himself that you believe him to be um, <laughs> Morgan Schneidlin was just hopelessly adrift and none of the attacking players could get a sniff of the ball it, it that, when we needed him most, Ed. When we needed him
0: most. Yeah, Daily Blint's a parody of a defender, not himself.
1: Apart from all those really good
0: games he's had all season. Remember Everton at home, Ed? Rem- rem- remember Everton at no, home? No, I don't. Um, so, as as we speak, the uh, party's still going on at the bowling ground and Sky are still covering it. Uh, there are tears flowing. And uh, at Shamoon Hafiz from uh, BBC Sport has said, there is a verbal agreement for Jose Mourinho to become Manchester United manager next season. Well, uh... And if the Beeb are reporting it...
1: I mean, that's not really...
0: that's dot, dot, That isn't dot. the
1: Beeb reporting. That's Shamoon putting it on
0: his Twitter account. Uh, no, no, it's on the BBC website.
1: Too, oh, so. all right. No, I'll take that back. I don't know if he's a listener. he definitely... Uh, yeah. Lovely chapter, Moon. Anyway, uh, talking of parties that went on for a long time and things in football that are nice, uh, how much of Leicester's operatic festival of football did you watch, Ed?
0: Yeah, I did, um, and you know, and and that I can take and accept. You know, they deserve to have a party for that. West Ham having a f- wake for a football ground please yeah no I mean
1: in fact it's kind of a beautiful contrast it, it kind of shows you how ridiculous what West Ham are doing is there's only two things I didn't like about it one is Jamie Vardy obviously and um, and the other was the fact that the owner didn't give back the Premier League title once he started walking around with it with the trophy like he held it all the way around the lap of honour yeah you're supposed to pass that around to the lads aren't you but, and they were also holding up a picture of the king of Thailand at one point. Yeah, that was so, that was yeah. interesting. But the the whole thing was. I'm just going to completely suspend all football tribalism and cynicism for a few minutes. So, Ed, you might want to take your headphones off. Listeners of a certain disposition, you might just want to mute for a second. But I found it incredibly moving watching Wes Morgan lift the Premier League trophy. Uh, Obviously, it's a a shame it's not the evil mega conglomerate of football that we support that won the league. But uh, to see such an... I mean... I don't know. It really hit home when it was actually happening. I know they've won the league, you know, a week earlier or whatever, but, and there's been endless talk about it, but, but it's just such a staggering achievement. Trying to get your head around the size of the achievement. I don't know. I found it,
0: I found it very moving indeed. Mm, I, I found it moving how that guy sang the song uh, before the, the ceremony, you then refereed at Upton Park tonight.
1: That's good. That's
0: good. Was that off the cuff as well? That's, that's pretty impressive. Totally. It's, it's the way we roll. No scripting here. I mean, you, you wouldn't believe it if we said there was. Time to
1: say goodbye is a, a very strange choice, but Ness and Dormer was uh, was, was pretty great. Uh, but, yeah, anyway, well done, plucky little Lester from your pals here at the United Rankcast. Cast. Not at all looking out the side of their eye going, that should have been us.
0: Well, that's a damning thing, isn't it? You know, and... Uh, Amazing as Leicester have done, fifth place, Louis van Gaal, £250 million spent. Well, you know. Ish, 100 and, sort
1: of. 140
0: or G- whatever. Give, give or take. Oh, are you talking about net spend now? Um,
1: I ain't never letting that net spend thing go because it's, it's really important. Like, it's really like a huge chunk of that 250 million is Angel Demir, It's just got all that money back.
0: Very good. Okay, so uh, Bournemouth coming up at the weekend. <laughs>
1: <laughs> are you in the mood for an
0: in depth preview of this one, Ed? Yeah, it's going to be awesome. Uh, so, a uh, team with nothing to play for and Bournemouth uh yeah we're uh, we're going to that together, Ed that'll be nice it, it, romantic or something um yeah, well, not quite because uh, uh i 'm up in the gods and you 're in the posh seats of the press
1: yeah that's true. sorry about that, um but you know i 'll give you a lift up there
0: well that 's very magnanimous of you N- now you 've got fame
1: <laughs> someone i don 't know if it 's a podcast listen I was talking to friend of the show Phil Gatt in the Munich Tunnel. And someone just walks past and goes, it's Paul Rancast. And I was kind of turned, like expecting that person to kind of stop and say hello, which seemed like the thing that you would do. But they just didn't look that... They weren't They weren't interested that it was me. They didn't want to talk to me. They just wanted to point at me and say my weird Twitter name. Yeah. Fame.
0: So you see, they'd have asked me for an autograph.
1: No doubt. Absolutely no doubt.
0: Uh, very unlikely.
1: They look like more of an Ed fan
0: to me. Yeah. That's uh, what Rankcast listeners
1: are divided into, right?
0: So, um shall we talk about the football? Uh United desperately need to win. Have to win. Um unless City are four nil up by half time, which seems unlikely the way they're playing at the moment. Uh, uh so what do, what do we think Lou will do? He'll rest all the good players uh ahead of the cup final, right? Who who were the good players? Marcel and De Gea <laughs> A- And Rashford, that's it.
1: Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Rashford, sorry, Rash. Yeah, I mean Bournemouth really don't have anything to, to play for, and they've had a remarkable season of their own in, in, a, in a small way. One of the teams whose remarkable season goes unnoticed because it's been upstaged, but done very well to stay in the division, especially with the incredible level of injuries they sustained early in the season. I suspect, not going to go meekly into the night. They've got the chance to do the double over United. Will, no, Fellaini's suspended, you see, so no no knee crawl goals on offer.
0: No, and talking of goals, Bournemouth has scored 44 goals this season. United with the two goals tonight, 46. <laughs> and people say
1: that stats have no place in football.
0: Well, I mean, Paul, Paul has totally lost a run of himself here, but uh, that's what Bournemouth almost outscoring you will do.
1: <laughs> and, and, you know, there's every chance that come the last day of the season, they will uh, claw back that two-goal difference in goals scored.
0: Yeah, I mean, that's the thing. I mean, it's it's hard... Seriously, to assume that United are going to put in a good performance—I mean, you know, what, why? Why would United? The—the uh, the only thing I'd say in—in in the favor is that Bournemouth have no reason just to shut up shop because it is very easy to play against United and just play narrow and deep, um, and and maybe they'll come out and make a game of it, and that will that will serve United well if they get the ball into Martial and Rashford, uh, you know, so. Uh, hope springs eternal. Uh, although, given the fact that United had three shots on goal total, not on target total tonight, um, it's it's hard to be that confident about it. Yeah,
1: I mean the other thing, of course, is that United at home and United away this season, in terms of results, have been a totally different proposition. We're second in the table in home form, which is you know it's remarkable given how little entertainment and the fact that there's been six nil nil draws. Although a couple of them, one of them was in Europe, one of them's in. The league cup um but yeah so four nil nil draws in the league at home uh but still we managed to have the 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 second best goal score uh, second best record there because we just never concede at home except in the in the weird couple of games where we played really poorly in that terrible december run um but generally speaking i've been so solid at home that you kind of expect a a narrow home win and that seems to be the logical conclusion of of how this game's going to go. So then it's all up to City and whether they can find some professionalism, which they appear to have misplaced because I tell you, somewhere out there, there's a Manchester City podcast going absolutely ballistic about their performance against Real Madrid in the semi-final.
0: Oh my God. I mean, we talk about meek United performances and there've been plenty of limp dick performances this season, but City's was the the most impotent of all i mean did 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 they actually know i mean serious question did they know that they had to score a goal in the last 15 minutes
1: it it was really peculiar i mean i guess in their defence their worst terribly limp performance came in the champions league semi final and i was come away at bournemouth um or away at norwich or villa or crystal palace or whatever um but, yeah, no, I mean, the, the prize of victory didn't seem to focus their minds at all, did it? Yaya Toure has packed up and gone home for the summer.
0: Yeah, I mean, most of them did it in around Christmas time, didn't they? Um, so, yeah, I mean, uh, I, I I know there's a scenario in which they lose to Swansea. Of course there is, you know, and uh, Swansea have nothing to play for either, although that, that battle for 10th place doesn't win itself. Um, so, yeah, you know, it may, it may be, but, but City have got to be able to find something to get a point. But, yeah, hey.
1: Yeah, that's that's why, like, today was so specifically frustrating as well, because all the way through thinking, well, draw doesn't really help. And then when it comes down to it, you think, no, actually, that would be massive, because that means that if City drew and we won, we'd, we'd get that position, which opens a whole different straw of possibilities. But no, we need Swansea to win and... You would think that even Manchester City, in the terrible slump that they're in, are going to do something, uh, are going to do enough. Although, maybe that's a foolish assumption. You kind of thought they would have done that by
0: now, really. Terrible slump, but they've won three of the last six games, so, you know.
1: Yeah, yeah, there you go. Well, you know, the season appears to be petering out in terms of the league. There'll be a a more jovial podcast looking forward to the FA Cup final, whatever has happened uh, against Bournemouth. Maybe even celebrating the fact that Manchester United have lucked their way into the Champions League, which basically at this point, I just want that for logistical purposes. It's much easier to cover a United side playing on Saturdays and Tuesdays than it is Sundays and Thursdays.
0: No, very true. Yeah, I I mean, I I did joke a little bit on Twitter that it would be a bigger miracle if United made a the Champions League with this Van Hal team playing in Van Hal's way than Leicester winning the title but it's not yeah. far off you know
1: <laughs> Yeah very different sort of miracle much less heartwarming
0: Yeah um so yeah I'm you know I'm sort of looking forward to the the game at the weekend um uh, what do you think about Van Hal's end of season speech well, What he going to say
1: I mean his his end of term speech at the End of season awards and mentioned it in passing. I can't remember if we talked about it last last week or not because I can't remember when it happened. But it was genuinely a disgrace what he said at the end of this this season. For him to have said that the expectations around United are too high and that a big part of the problem this season has been the media saying that Van Gaal's going to be sacked. Uh, both of those things are self-serving narcissistic and belie a detachment from reality because he he didn't appear to be lying he appeared to be believing what he was saying
0: oh it's a very good description of van ho
1: yeah right and to take the two points separately the thing about expectations you you rewind to a year ago when he himself was banging his fist and shouting we are very close to challenging for the title so where do those expectations come from and then the notion that the problem this season has been that the media sacked van Gaal the media didn't sack van Gaal until after the season had fallen apart
0: yeah right um uh, the the justification for sacking van Gaal doesn't matter who's winning the title but United's 17 points behind the league winners uh, at the beginning of the season in our preview podcast you asked me what I thought would be acceptable. And I said within five points of the league title.
1: Absolutely. And and such has been the absence of entertainment in watching Manchester United, particularly at home. So away from home, it's been uh, chaotic and miserable. And at home, it's been beyond turgid. Genuinely, entire football matches passing without any, any reason to have gone and and invested all that time and money in going in terms of the, of what you're seeing, it would be a total joke to keep him. And presumably, at this point, if the BBC are reporting it after that loss, we've got to probably assume that that we're going to be all right. And it's uh, it's going to be a whole different set of problems next season. Mo 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 problems,
0: as the old saying goes. Yeah, I don't believe anyone reporting anything at the moment uh, until you've heard it on the Rancast, It ain't true, <laughs> or something like that.
1: Fantastic. Um, thank you for bearing with us for an hour of uh, grumpiness. I'm going to predict a
0: one nil win to Manchester United. Nearly said two there. Got got giddy. Do you know what I'm going to go giddy? I'm, go- I'm going to go giddy. United were such a shambles defensively. Um, I, I know that Van Gaal will tighten up, but uh, I'm going to go. Still, I'm going to go for a two one victory to United.
1: Okay, okay,
0: uh, and one all in Swansea. <gasps>
1: I'm not predicting that game. I don't care about that game. We we shouldn't all have to care about that game. So I, I choose not to. I tell,
0: I tell you what, if if Aguero scores six minutes in injury time, <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to lose it big time. <laughs> oh, brilliant. Uh, well, I look forward
1: to seeing you next weekend, Ed. And listeners, uh look forward to talking at you and hearing from you in the week. hope you've enjoyed the show in spite of its grumpiness. Not sure what other angle we could have taken this week, really. Um, but yeah, we'll be back to do another one of these. Two more before the end of the season, and I guess we'll do uh European Championships rank casts in the middle of the season, in the middle of the summer.
0: Yeah. Uh, one guy tweeted us this week uh, that he managed to get from, uh, was it Berlin to uh, London um in the time that it took to finish our preview of the last World Cup.
1: <laughs> I guess there were more, there are more teams in the World Cup, and we might not do that again. That was a weird decision to do a four-hour-long preview.
0: <laughs> yes, uh, I don't I don't think we will, but yeah, I'm sure we'll do some European previews anyway. A couple more to come, um, and, and it's been nice. In the meantime, you can get me on Twitter at United where I swear at people, uh, or Paul at UTD He doesn't swear at people; he just hasn't caught on to the hate that is. The bottom half of the internet.
1: Listen, I've I've been on the receiving end of plenty of that, uh, uh, but I choose I choose not
0: to fire back. I choose the high ground, Ed. How very noble of you. Uh, you can um, find Paul's very uh, high-quality writing at Bleacher Report and then the odd nonsense piece about Van Hull turning it around.
1: Oh, out of order, <laughs> out of order. Uh, you max um, it you and also... uh, Paul's House,
0: yeah. uh, Going Strong, episode three. 13 i think i saw out today
1: yeah it it is indeed um the the last two weeks have been uh puppets singing songs about manchester united and that's it so i've kind of gone with the short form more focused thing so if you tried it and found it too weird try it again it's about 30 percent less weird now still pretty weird Uh. yeah yeah I'll, i'll i'll give you that ed i will give you that
0: anyway have a good week everyone take care
1: thanks tom